0: Welcome to the That Wisconsin Girl podcast, featuring award-winning broker and realtor, Mary Rufflett. In this show, you will discover that you have to give to gain in order to live your best life. Sitting in for Mary this week to talk about mindset are Brooke Gardo, Melly Artema, and Kim Ayers.
1: I want to say thank you again for Mary's generosity for loaning us her platform and I'd also like to start with a little disclaimer. The intention of this podcast is for each person that's listening to maybe take away one thing that they could utilize or that resonates with them. The three of us together are probably going to float all over the place.
2: <laughs> of course and, we will.
1: <laughs> and this tends to be a topic that can get a little bit esoteric, but we have like the perfect combination, and the reason we did three We'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the perfect triangle. My name is Kim, and I'm back here with my bestie Brooke, and then we want to introduce our good friend Melly. Hello, hello. <laughs> she is a amazing being, spiritual guru. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. We'll yes. just leave it at that. Aww. So this topic came up one day in the gym, as you know, because that's kind of what, what we do. What we do, and uh, it was mindset. And the more we started talking, the more I thought, man, this could be a good podcast. And so I thought, well, how are we gonna start? Let's start with the definition of mindset. And I'm gonna read it to you. It's a noun, a mental attitude or inclination or habit, a fixed disposition that predetermines a person's response to an interpretation of a situation. So right off the bat, I had a problem with this. The whole idea of mindset being a noun, I when I think of mindset, I think verb, I think doing, I think being, I think dynamically changing constantly, something that you kind of keep tabs on. And so for me, the noun thing didn't really work. And I, I also feel like mindset could be like a superpower that all of us could uncover and utilize for our benefit in all kinds of realms, all kinds of areas of our life. And the more we talked about it, the more I kept saying, it's like a, a muscle. It's like what we do in the gym. Mm-hmm. You can train it. You could also overtrain it. So we got talking and,
2: of course, Brooke uh, <laughs> said, oh, it's just like behavioral Cognitive behavioral therapy triangle, right? <laughs> so I'm going to start a little bit in tr- like traditional psychotherapy, cognitive behavior therapy triangle when we look at thoughts, behaviors, and emotions, right? So if, if we look at our brain, or, and we're going to relate this to, to mindset, but if we look at our thoughts, our thoughts affect how we act and how we feel, right? And how we feel affects what we think and what we do. So that whole emotions that we have kind of influence what goes through our brain. And then, again, we turn to actions or behaviors. So if we can control our thoughts and our mind, we can look at what those emotions are going to be and then turn to the actions. So that's really based on cognitive behavioral therapy that we traditionally look at as psychotherapy. But it's not that simple. Right? It's not that simple, but there's three parts to that triangle.
0: And this is Melly. so the reason I am here today is to just bring an extra perspective into this because while mindset is incredibly important and we have to constantly check ourselves, we have to constantly expand our awareness and grow and develop, we can also hit a wall with mm-hmm.
1: that. Yep.
0: And mindset, isn't everything. And the reason that I mention that is because we can get into a cycle of blame and shame. Why can't I just change the way I think? Why do I keep telling myself all of this negative stuff? You know, why, 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 why? I'm trying, I'm trying, and, and hitting a wall. And so I bring the somatic perspective in, the body wisdom. So, what's somatic?
2: that's a big one yeah
0: thanks for asking that brooke so essentially it's tapping into body wisdom it is instead of emotions per se it's sensations Mm. it's your felt sense it's say when you have that little surge of adrenaline it's not so much a feeling not like an emotion but what do you notice with it, right? Mm-hmm. Your heart's pounding. Oh, we're going to talk a about shaky. noticing, things, right? A things thing. like that, exactly. Yep. And so it's like, what do you do with that? How do you track sensations? Can you stay present in your body to access that body wisdom? Mm. Because we tend to really privilege the mind, and it sort of becomes our boss in so many ways. And so I'm just here to remind everyone that the body has its own wisdom. And so if mindset work alone isn't bringing the integration and the healing that you're after just don't forget that there's other tools in the toolbox and I like that because the
1: mind kind of becomes the storyteller right it becomes the main character of your story and working with people all the time everybody we meet everybody that walks through my door has their own story Mm. and they're coming from that place that is made up of their past Mm -hmm. the how they've interpreted you know their perspective of what's gone on around them what's happened to them or through them and it is their story and i don't deny them their story allow them to have their story but i also try not to ever take anything personally
2: so honor right honor the past honor Honor what it is but you're and not be, your story.
1: Right. And and help them, though, to also be aware of who the authority is that's telling their story. So in other words, if the mind is always defaulted as the boss, and they're never really getting into their body to get some of that body wisdom, they're just sort of marching to the beat of the drum of this maybe not a so nice dictator Mm -hmm. that's running the show and that makes it really hard because it becomes habitual and and i don't know you know when i talk about habits with people we talk about it takes 40 days to make or break a habit it takes 90 days to really kind of incorporate that habit into your lifestyle it takes 120 days of doing that to make it part of who you are and then it takes like a thousand days. That's like three years for it to become kind of a mastered idea. And if we're always letting this authoritarian me run the show and we're never questioning, like we're never curiously questioning, like, why are you saying that you have, you know, a bad leg or why are you saying that you're, you know, you're always going to be fat?
2: Or why, or why I can't are, do that. I wish I could do that. I wish I, I could, wish I could yes, do it like exactly. you do it. I wish well, I could.
1: You lo- can. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we've been in our adult life, allowing this authoritarian me to tell our story and never questioning um, and never challenging that, then that has been an ingrained habit that's gonna take a little bit of time and energy and awareness to switch. And so the reason we wanted to discuss mindset was to let's give people tools. Mm. Like what tools can we use that will help us realize that we're we're listening to an authoritarian
2: dictator that doesn't belong in charge. Right, so if our mind is a muscle, a muscle can be changed, it can be worked. it can be, what's the word that you told me? Neuro- Oh,
0: neuroplasticity.
2: Neuroplasticity, we right, which We can wire means- ourselves.
0: Yeah, we can change the way our nervous systems operate, we can change the way that our mind works, we can change the way that our body works, it's all an integrated system and with consistent practice and awareness,
2: it can definitely be changed. And that's that's incredible, that's mind blowing alone that we have the ability to work and change our mind and do that, so we all discuss this and Kim, the wise woman she is, right? (laughs) So how do we do that? What are the steps to do that? So we started out with
1: what does it take? Well, first it's gonna take recognizing, recognizing maybe patterns, mm-hmm. right? What is it that we always default to? And sometimes it's it's what we say and sometimes it's the behavior that we do or don't do and sometimes it's just imaginary thoughts in our mind. Mm-hmm. And so I think first the first rule of thumb is to find a way to stop drop and roll, right? Yep. So,
2: recognize so recognize and reflect
1: and reflect on, on exactly what it is. But where Melly chimed in was we ought to get out of the shame and blame because that can then spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, So once we've stopped to recognize and reflect, then we have to move into a space of discernment and determining. Which is step number two. And then after that, we choose and make a change. And I think this is a result of subtle revelations, right? So we choose and we change. It could be just tiny, tiny little changes. And then after that, we're going to move on to acknowledge and celebrate.
0: One thing, if I can jump in about the the change, with the somatic work that I do, a part of that is this whole process of noticing, this process of reflecting, this process of what is the sensation that's going on in my body. And it doesn't necessarily have to have a story behind it, but we just track it and we follow it until something emerges from that. And it may be a feeling emerges from the sensation. It may be that a story emerges from the sensation. But really what we want to always, always do is not overwhelm the system. Because I think that's another important thing to mention is that in order for integration and healing to happen, our nervous system has to actually register a sense of safety. Mm. And so if we are in that cycle of shame, we are not gonna feel safe enough, even with ourselves, to heal and to integrate. And so
2: So is that like the fight and flight
0: mode? Well, it is, that's an aspect of it. Um, I work with a theory called polyvagal theory, and the fight, flight, freeze response is part of that. And we also look at the social engagement process and how healing that is. And essentially that means, you know, if we're in our sort of right, balanced, well, whole, integrated selves, we can make eye contact with people we can speak and we can ask for what we need we can feel like our desires matter our needs matter we can feel like it's important that we exist and if we don't have that happening our our neuroception so our unconscious processes that are telling us if we're safe in the world can be sending red flags into our nervous system and so keeping that in mind when we start to make some of these changes and it feels hard, it's so important to go slow and to celebrate those successes. Because if you jump into a lake of frozen water, right, it's right. like, whoo, it's going to overwhelm the system. Mm-hmm. But if you just dip your toes in, you explore, right? You're curious, like, oh, this is an interesting sensation. And then you take your toes back out, you kind of play with that sensation right. a little bit, you know, you dip back in a little more. Um, And and so that, I think, is important to go slow. I think we have a tendency to want to just all or nothing, just push ourselves, just do it, just, I'm just going to heal right now. And it's so important that we're gentle with our bodies because the pace of the body is so much slower than the
2: pace of the mind. Right. So taking one thing, right, and working on the one thing. So, for example, let's say you're getting a feeling, like recognizing, hmm, I think, that really is making me uncomfortable or that's making me angry. Isn't that interesting, right? Right. I had someone that I worked with me that was like, okay, you just need to recognize it. So isn't that interesting? You're recognizing and reflecting, right? So then step two, discerning and determining where is that coming from? Where is it happening? Without judgment, right? Negative or positive, just kind of stepping back and being the observer of where is that coming from? Have I had that before? So you're discerning and doing some determination without judgment. And then what can I do to change that, right? I'm going to choose next time. I'm going to try to recognize it determine, okay, now I know what I'm going to do and I'm going to choose to change that. I'm going to have a different reaction. I'm not going to, you know, be short with my child or I'm not going to shove that cupcake in my mouth or I'm not going to snap back at someone. Mm -hmm. And then if you get through that process, right? Okay, so my little boy came at me and I just, I didn't react and I talked quietly and I took a deep breath and he walked away and it worked. Oh my gosh, I did it. I recognize this feeling, right? And then, hey, Kim, guess what, Melly, I did it. Let's celebrate success. I went through this process. I, I actually did it. Right. It doesn't mean you're not going to be faced with that challenge again. Again, it's always like going to be there. Like you've already
1: had one success, and right? It, it's sort of I like the idea of like not jumping into the lake because. Mm-hmm. I think when people come even to see me for for just general, you know, fitness advice, they think they're just going to dive off the deep end and they have to do all of these things. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, I have tons of tools in my bag that I can give you to work with, but not everybody has the mindset or are are prepared to implement all of those tools at once. It would be like me trying to take my husband's carpentry tool bag (laughs) to hang up a picture. You know, I'm probably going <laughs> to use something I, I wanna, shouldn't. I'm going to strip
2: something, put a hole, right, it's going right, to be crooked. Right. Yeah.
1: So, you know, why not cut it up into little pieces? Um, right. And the same thing with making or changing habits or mindset. When someone comes and they're just a, a hot mess and they just they just need one thing, if you can mm-hmm. just give them one safety tool, one, one tube, inner tube, to hang on to for a second mm-hmm. until they can stop and recognize and then discern where they're at and how are we gonna use this and then take the time to celebrate that, yay, I did it. And that might make the
2: next step a little bit bigger right and that's funny when we talked about it in the gym last weekend we're talking about oh my gosh I'm gonna get on this diet I'm gonna eat really good for two weeks and then I'm gonna buy something for myself or then I'm gonna go do that or I'm gonna reward myself after I do something right why not reward yourself do what makes you feel good now Get get into that space and celebrate oh my gosh I feel really good I'm committed I'm committed now I'm in the mindset I'm in this good process that I can recognize I can move forward we always like delay our gratification right right? so you do need to celebrate the small stuff
1: right and I think that gets us out of the inertia or or changes the inertia right so it takes movement in some direction to get us either off the fence or stop us from moving in the wrong direction and if we can stop and celebrate that it creates courage right yeah. and mm-hmm. so as we get a little bit more courageous yeah. the next step we take is a little bit bigger and then we can celebrate even more
0: yeah and we've talked a little bit about the fight flight and freeze response and you know of course it has more complexity than that but if i just use the little example of being in a freeze state and what that can look like and essentially that looks like stuckness you can't move. Mm -hmm. There's something going on that is compressing your life force, compressing your vitality, and you just can't move forward. And sometimes you have no idea what you need. You're not able to ask for help. You're not able to uh, Mm. access those social engagement systems. And and our brains kind of shut off when we're in that freeze state. We're not being very logical. We're not making memories. And so that sense of that tiniest little movement, that one little thing, like even if you can't make yourself even go for a walk that day, can you just put your shoes on? Like what's the tiniest little impulse that you actually mm. have access to right. that starts to build your momentum and get you out of that free state? And again, those things can sound so silly when we talk about it, but if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. Mm. And we have to acknowledge ourselves again without the blame, without the shame. Exactly. And really give ourselves the the self-love and really model that for ourselves and celebrate those successes, even if it's
2: just putting your shoes on. So really, I mean, it is, again, like Kim said in the beginning, if you can take one thing from what we've talked about, one thing to recognize, isn't that interesting? Hmm, where did that come from? To discern, determine, okay, I'm going to look at that, choose and then change, and acknowledge your actions, and then celebrate your success. And then, you know, you're doing a great job. We have a lot of things that are, that are coming at us. But just one, one thing from any of this, we hope that it helps you.
1: I wanted to, to share a couple of things that, that came across my path. It's always funny when we start having topics like this, what sort of things fly in front of my face literally. Uh, One of the things that I read not too long ago is it it said awareness and authenticity are a natural result of having a mind that respectfully communicates with the body so that the body can better commune with life. And I just thought, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. When you can have self-awareness and be authentic with what you're seeing, you can then be discerning in how you're going to move what direction you're going to move from there and then as you succeed in making that small little choice you can celebrate that. I've had a lot of stuff going on lately. (laughs) I'm in the middle of prep season for my final show and um, the way I commune with my mind, body, and spirit is i I spend a lot of time in nature with my dog, and I also ask nature for messages to me. and they always come in the form of animals. They just don't that's just the way it works. And so I've had some really interesting encounters the last uh, week or so. Two of them, nobody would even believe me except these two sitting here. but <laughs> one was a, a an actual cougar, and the other was a uh, fisher cat, a black fisher cat, and you know we came back and discussed all of that and well, what could that mean? Once-in-a-lifetime sightings, right? right. right? What and are you telling I me? Mean, it, was, hmm, it was isn't that
2: interesting? Isn't that interesting?
1: <laughs> right, so really impactful and, and I won't go into what I pulled from that but still kind of digesting and, and absorbing that awareness and the other night I was walking and this bird was screeching and I had a a podcast in one ear, I often do that, and so I pulled my earplug out and I, I listened and I could hear it was just constant the screech 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 and the dogs even stopping and kind of looking around like what in the world is going on and I see this bird fly across in front of us and I thought is that an owl or is it a hawk so we move towards it and it's continuing its noise and the closer we get it stopped in a tree and I could tell it was a hawk and it took off and it was still screeching. So I'm like, okay, I understand it, you know, hawk is a messenger and you know, I have to pull back and take a bird's eye view of my life and, and whatever it is I'm, I'm pondering. But the one thing that came back as a message was we are only as powerful as our capacity to perceive, receive and use our abilities. And I thought, oh my, this is exactly, it was exactly the answer I needed to hear. The whole like, don't get distracted by all the outside noise. Let's take some time to uh, really reflect on what is going on and then use that energy to get at the task that you have in front of you to reach your goal. Oh, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, it was pretty powerful. I was like, this going in my book. when I finally write it mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you know as we begin to access that energy and pay attention to those things and it, it is a, a neuroscience concept through what's called a reticular activating system what we choose to put attention on mm. what we focus on grows right grows. what we water grows it grows yep. and and so we're essentially going back to mindset through noticing things that give us wonder and awe mm. and remind us of the magic in life, mm. we program our minds to see that more and more and more and more. And, you know, I've, I've run into so many folks in my work that um, you know, like they, they say, you know, you've been through you know all of these horrible traumas, and you have you know this thing and that thing going on, and 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 how do you how do you even function in life, let alone you know be this healing presence for others? And that's so much of what it is. It's mm. it's that very conscious and intentional way of paying attention to the world, and never ever ever forgetting that there is so much magic around us if we will actually allow ourselves to pay attention to it.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to us. And mm. thanks again, Mary, for having us. Let's be aware. Let's look for the magic in life. Absolutely. And that magic is actually within you.
0: It is an all around, within, it's everywhere. Feel it, see it. It's your circus and it's your monkeys.
2: Oh, I don't. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thank you. For more information, go to thatwisconsingirl.com. And to support this podcast, subscribe to it, Give it a five star rating and write a review.